This edition of Farming the Countryside is brought to you by Pivot Bio Proven. Turn to a better nitrogen. Learn more at pivotbio.com. Welcome to Farming the Countryside. I'm Andrew McRae. Memorial Day is the unofficial start to summer, and it's also the weekend when we usually talk travel with a veterinarian who has lapped the world several times over. Learn where Al Snyder has been traveling and his tips on how to save money and still see some truly amazing places in this country and around the globe. It's our topic for this week's Farming the Countryside, brought to you by Pivot Bio. One of the biggest concerns for farmers are rising input prices, and at the top of many lists is nitrogen. Even with higher prices, you still need nitrogen, of course, and in today's world, I'm looking for ways to increase bushels while still using more sustainable farming methods. That led me to Pivot BioProven 40, which can produce up to the equivalent of 40 pounds of synthetic nitrogen. Our field demonstrations show an opportunity for a better ROI and a reduction of synthetic nitrogen. Turn to a better nitrogen with Pivot Bio. I hope you'll learn more. Just go to pivotbio.com. It's hard to properly introduce Al Snyder because he does so many things. But to keep it simple, he grew up in the ranch lands of Wyoming, became a veterinarian, and today lives in Wisconsin while traveling the nation and world for many of his business ventures and just to see places he wants to see as well. It's become a tradition to visit with Al each Memorial Day weekend to get his ideas on places we might want to see and how we can do it without breaking the bank. I caught up with Al as he was on the road and he shared some of his latest tips. Al Snyder is my guest. Al was on this program last year. We talked uh, travel as we kick off the summer season, and perhaps that's a little different topic from what we normally cover, but we're going to cover it from an ag and uh, farmer's point of view, perhaps. Al is a a veterinarian and uh, does a lot of different things, but he's also a traveling guy. And Al, I understand you just got back from California, and it was another long trip for you to get from California back to Wisconsin. Is that right? It certainly was. And those of us who travel all the time know that every once in a while, there's going to be one of those days. And uh, that happened to be the case yesterday. I think there's seven times that my flights were either delayed or had to uh, rebook on a different flight because it got canceled or the weather slowed us down or whatever. So, but it's that time of year too. Uh, We expect, especially if you go through Chicago or Denver, those in particular, tend to be susceptible to weather. Right. Well, you travel uh, on planes and all kinds of different methods, just like me. And I'm sure that you will probably echo what I say, that airfares are up. I saw one uh, place that said 18% month over month. I think that was March to April. What are you finding for airfares right now? Same thing. They're just unforgivable uh, in the way that they've marked up. I did a little analysis of my own. Um, used to be that I'd figure uh, most of the places you could get in the United States, if you watch the sales and everything, for around 350 was kind of my rule of thumb, kind of a number. Uh, in uh, During pandemic, of course, those prices dropped way, way low and even a little bit lower late in pandemic so that they were, as they were trying to entice people to come. But two things are factors now. One is there's a lot less planes in the air because they reduced a lot of their schedules. And so you find that um, there's a lot less planes and every single plane in the air is full. And the prices are 
that same ticket that would have been 350-ish dollars, um, I'm seeing now in the eight to $1,200 range. So it's uh, unbelievable the difference. Uh, a little frustrating that we bailed them out and now we're having to pay again, in, in my view. But of course, that's just my view. So. Right. Well, you know, I would say that the capacity is, from what I read, 80% of what it was pre-pandemic as far as the number of planes and seats out there. And I agree that certainly the the price is, is higher. But how do you find any deals if you're the type of traveler that's wanting to maybe take vacation and so it's not business and I have to go this specific place in the next week or two? There are still some deals out there that you can find, though, correct? Yeah, the, the worst is the exact uh, example that you just gave. If you need to go someplace in the next week or two, um, at least in my experience, that is a real, real challenge right now because they're going to be sky high. If you can plan ahead, we used to be able to see sales. Sales would go, you know, every six weeks or eight weeks. Or, and if you took that window of four or five days, you could knock $100, $150 off from a ticket. But I, I'm not A, I'm not seeing the sales. And B, if it's short notice, the planes are full. And either you can't get the schedule that you want or you're going to pay dearly for it, one or the other. Now, there are still some places, but it's more based on places, I think, than timing in my experience. So if you know that you're going to go from Denver to L.A. or L.A. to Chicago, those major hubs, uh, not including Minneapolis most of the time, but most of the major hubs, you can find some deals still. And, of course, there's the, the lower cost airlines that the only thing about them is that a lot of times they're not lower cost because they start charging you for every piece of luggage and seat and everything else. So by the time you get done on those, you may be paying as much as you were on the others. So we'll talk about some destinations here in a little bit that might be some of your favorites. So you're always looking out there for some deals and see what's going on before we get to that though. Let's talk about another component of travel that is certainly last year. I know we said was high and it certainly has not come down and that's rental cars. I think rental cars have at least stayed the same, if not gotten higher. Isn't that your experience as well? It seems, I guess I'm starting to see maybe a little bit uh, different than that. Um, I'm just seeing it like in the last month or so where the prices are coming. They're not pre-pandemic by any means. Um, but when, oh, uh, two months ago, you couldn't find a car for less than 80 to $120 a day. And some of the, the some of the dealerships were sold out. I'm seeing them down. Oh, let's see, in LA, I think I paid $70. So it's still a lot higher than we would have paid in the past, but coming down from that high peak that we saw like two or three months ago, I think. I So I have a question for you. I was going to ask when I got you on here for the interview, I, you know, I've been traveling like this for 25 years or more, rented lots of cars. Uh, so a few weeks ago, I rented a car and sometimes those that rent cars all the time will know this. You can get like the manager special or something like that. And they basically they choose whatever car they want to put you in. And usually that's going to be a, a small car. And that's fine. I wasn't going far. It was just me. So that was fine. So I got the manager special. I showed up. My manager special was the 12 passenger cargo van. And that was all that was on that lot. I mean, they gave me the biggest thing they could find. Have you ever found that when you've been renting? I have, as a matter of fact, especially as these price, these gas prices go up, everybody else is leaving those behind. So the manager special, of course, is to clear off the lot. Um, last summer, I did one where I actually went to a uh, 
Hertz dealership local. So I took an Uber to a Hertz because I couldn't find a car at the airport. They just weren't, didn't exist. Uh, and ended up with a cargo van. I had a, it was a hundred dollars for the week. It was the only deal, but everything else was going to be a thousand dollars. So if you look outside the airport, you know, if you've got the time to do that, th- that's another way, but you also have to plan time and expenses accordingly because you have to take that back off site as well. But uh, there are some deals like that if you look at the community rental places as opposed to the airport. Sure. No, and that's a great idea. You know, with that cargo van that they gave me from the airport then, I mean, it was it was very large and I had to think about where to gas that up before I came back in because I was returning into Minneapolis. So I filled it up about 12 miles from the airport. I think normally you're supposed to fill it up within 10. I turned it in The gentleman was there and he said, yeah, leave the keys. He said, I'll get it checked in. Well, the next day I get a bill and they've charged me for fuel and I filled it up and they had used one of those gauges to go in the tank and see how much had been used. And in 25 years of travel, I'd heard about it, but never experienced it. And I forget what they were going to charge me for fuel. And I sent them a note and said, hey, you know, I filled this up. I've got the receipt. You gave me a cargo van, and I don't know how much it's burning, but it's burning a lot of fuel just to get into the airport. And they reversed it. They, they gave me the money back on, on the fuel. So that was nice. But, uh, yeah, I'd never had that experience. It kind of shows the times I think we live in with uh, getting the cargo vans now for the rental cars. I'll tell you the other one that I struggle with a lot. Um, many of the tollways now have gone to license plate only for tolls. And so you can't stop and put your dollars in. I always carry a, a, a pack of quarters and some $1 bills so that I can pay tolls. But now we're seeing that they're eliminating those toll booths and they're doing sending bills according to the license plate number. So, of course, you're in a rental car. That bill goes to the rental car company. And it might be a $5 toll, but they may add a $15 or $20 service charge on, on that for billing your credit card for that. So that is really frustrating. Um, the other thing that's eaten us up is um, they don't call it taxes. I call it taxes, but there's so many fees that have been added on. So my rule of thumb is if I rent a car that's, say, $40 for the day, just as, as an example, I know that I'm going to pay 20 to $25 in additional fees, and that never gets factored into the inflation. It certainly is affecting every business person in America, but in terms of the inflation scales and measurements it never gets factored in, but it's certainly very real and hitting our pocketbooks. Right, right. So let's talk about deals, if there are any, and perhaps this could be even for the business traveler, if you know of any ways to do that, but certainly for somebody that maybe just this summer is wanting to get away and, and you know, take it from either airlines, cars, rental cars, trains. What are you doing to find anything that's perhaps a more affordable way to take a vacation or even do business travel this summer? Well, certainly my, my driving radius has increased quite a bit. So one of the things that I do is I'm, I'm driving a lot more. Um, although when you start looking at 4 and $5 a uh, gallon gas, you have to factor that in. Um, so one of the nice things, uh, one of the primary sites, I don't know if you want to go into any uh, individual names, but you can actually look at all the airports in an area and get the prices. So one of the things that is... If you have the flexibility and the time to do that, you might fly into a neighboring airport instead of flying into L.A., fly into Burbank or some one of the 
the neighboring airports and you might drop that ticket in half or a third. And I don't know how they do those. I don't know if they're supplemented somehow, subsidize those airports or what. Um, one other thing I'll touch on real quick in that same topic. I live in, or I live close to Eau Claire, Wisconsin, and we've had one airline that served that for quite some time as of uh, three weeks from now. Uh, that was United that served it, but I understand that that's happening with the other airlines as well. They're pulling out. So um, for those of us who live semi-rural, and that's going to be a lot of the listeners, uh, you may have to drive further to be able to get to an airport. Uh, And so as you're making that choice, you might decide which direction you're going to drive based on where the best fares are to uh, get out of there. If you can look for those special fares like you're talking about, but maps that show the prices in different areas are a great tool to be able to find better deals. If I'm looking for a deal, maybe I'm just looking for vacation this summer or maybe even looking on into the winter. I mean, folks want to get out and go someplace warm when it's cold and you can already find some of those deals. Are there any certain places, whether it's domestic or international, that you're seeing a lot of uh, deals and maybe it's some of your favorite places and you say, you know, this is a place I would check out and I think it's reasonably priced right now. Yep, like everything, the more you can counter the the culture, so to speak. So going to Florida in the wintertime is going to be a more expensive time to go, but there's also a lot of travelers, so they'll put those those special deals out there. Um, I'm an international fan. I've pulled back on my international travel just because of the concern. I was going to take a group in January, in fact, to, to the Holy Land again and decided that I just got nervous. If something would happen to one of them, they would test positive. What would we do? Would we leave them behind? Does somebody have to stay with them? How do we get them home? So I pulled back on the international side of things, and I'm looking more domestic, and I I I tend to like culture and experience as opposed to going to Disneyland or Disney World or some big resort kind of an area. So I tend to look for the more rural places, fly into a hub and then drive to. And I am one of those that likes in the wintertime. I prefer to go warm so or ski. <laughs> <one or the other. laughs> well, give, do you have any examples of some places that you've found uh, that you like? You mentioned kind of cultural and more rural, uh, maybe domestic. Any places that you've found that you think uh, folks might enjoy as well? Uh, I'm a fan of Texas. I think there's so many different things and cultures and, you know, you can go, you can hit almost every direction. You've got big ranches. You can go see, you've got the impact of the oil there. So um, I'm a big fan of the national parks, Yellowstone and Glacier. And uh, there are some great train trips across the Northern part of the U S where you can see a lot of that. So I guess those would be my, I'm not such a big fan of going like East coast or, where the population bases are. You mentioned Texas. You know, I did something back over spring break and we went to Big Bend uh, National Park in that area of Texas. Alpine would be the, the largest town out there. I really enjoyed that. Uh, we even took a little float trip down the Rio Grande in canoes. I don't know if you've been to that part of the state, but uh, really enjoyed it. Had a lot of fun. Got to see a lot of ranch country and uh, also just go explore. That was a lot of fun out there. I'll bet. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody should go see some of the, you know, the, the, the main sites once, I guess. Another one that I'm almost embarrassed. No, I am. I'm terribly embarrassed. I have never been to the Grand Canyon as a United States citizen. That's just unforgivable. So that's on my huge on my bucket list. 
Well, I laugh, you know, you have traveled literally around the world, but I think all of us have things like that. We say, you know, but I never have been to this and people are amazed. Would you imagine that, you know, I've been to all 50 states, but the last state that I ever hit was Minnesota of all states. That's, I mean, I'm from Missouri. That's hilarious. Nothing against Minnesota. I mean, heck, I'm in Minnesota all the time now, but uh, no, that was the last one I ever hit for some reason. So, yeah. Obviously, my grandma was quite a traveler. When she was in her late seventies, she had been to all to forty nine states. There was one. She lived in Wyoming, grew up in Wyoming, had but had traveled all over. The one state that she had not been to was North Dakota. So right, one one Sunday, some of the people from church were sitting around, and she was telling that, and they said, "Get in the car." <laughs> and they did a day trip to North Dakota, spent the night, had dinner, and came back home. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. You know, one of the things that I wanted to touch on for a, a moment here and is uh, something that we don't like to talk about, but it's important, and you've been dealing with lately, are travel scams. And really, it could be larger than travel scams. I mean, just in general, we want to be careful about those things for ourselves and those that we know. Talk about your experience with with travel scams and trying to unravel some of that. Sure. I'm a family friend uh, in in, uh, his 80s. He and his wife love to travel. Absolutely. They've traveled all their life. Um, And of course, once you become part of that, you fall on everybody's phone list that has anything to do with travel. Uh, So just literally in the last couple of weeks, I've been out there uh, helping as our family and our friends get older, they memory doesn't hold so well and managing finances becomes more of a challenge. And so I was helping and looking through the credit cards and discovered that there were a number of uh, travel packages. Most of them ranged $750 to $3,000. And the scams were that they would call. He wouldn't always remember exactly what he had signed up for. And this one guy in particular called him every month for six months and sold him another $2,000 travel package. Um, At his age, he couldn't have ever used all of them if he'd have tried. So watch for your your family and your friends and especially the seniors. They're they're targets. They have money oftentimes. And uh, make sure that you – and once they have the credit card, they start into the rebilling. And as you and I were talking about before this, what happens is at the end of a – there's an expiration – and at the end of that expiration, then they start calling back and saying, hey, you didn't use this travel package. You need to send us another 500 or $700 or whatever that amount is um, in order to extend it. So some of those packages, I'm sure that he's invested three, four, five thousand, way less, way more than it would have cost them if they'd have just done the travel and bought it directly. So, Al, just in general, do you have any sites that you'd like to uh, go to to find some of your deals and uh – you know, even whether it's looking for business or pleasure, you mentioned, uh, I think, one earlier there just as far as looking at different uh, airlines. But what sites or even what subscription services do you like right now to be able to find some of that? Sure. Um, one of the ones as far as subscription services, if it's OK for us to throw out names, I guess. Thrifty Traveler is one of my favorites. They go they have software set up, apparently, that goes and scours the Internet for sometimes there are error, E-R-R-O-R, that kind of error, uh, 
fairs that go out there. And so they will send you a notice once a week or every other day, whenever they find these. And you generally have to book them quickly, but you can book them for a period of time that's way out into the future. So they're a favorite. Um, I start almost all my travel at Google Flights. And if you learn a little bit about Google Flights, you can put in multiple origins and multiple destinations. And then you can look at the calendar and pick your days based on what the, the less expensive times are. Um, BJ Travel, if it's BJ is a, a, a membership club that is more in the south than it is up here. We have Costco's and Sam's Clubs up here. Uh, you can book airfares. You can book uh, packages, travel packages. Um, so those are, I guess, maybe some of the ones that I use. The thing I like about them is that when you're dealing with car rentals, they will almost always have the best comparison. So you'll have down the left-hand side, you'll have all the different sizes and the right across the top there, you'll see all the different companies. And so you can compare who has the best price and they're just straightforward. There's not a lot of games and cancellation fees and they always have unlimited miles, which is another thing you want to watch when you make your make your uh, choice and we might touch if you're inclined to about the the auto insurance a little bit uh, if if that fits into the segment as well sure yeah sure uh, um, I select one credit card that I use all the time and use it almost extensively for car rentals. I read the <laughs> those uh, long things that you generally just throw away when you get the new card. Make sure that it is primary car rental insurance. And I use that card for all my car rentals. That way, and I have had um, you know, little mishaps where you bump into something or whatever. And so for damages to the car that you've rented, not damages to any other property or someone else's car, but this is primary. And so it never hits your insurance. If you have a claim, it doesn't hit the insurance database to drive up your insurance rates. Um, and there's it, the number of companies that offer primary car rental insurance on the card is dropping, but they're, they're out there. A lot of the business cards do still offer primary car rental insurance. So that's a really, really good. If you're traveling very much, that's a really good, helpful thing. Good advice there. You know, before we wind up, uh, Al, I think last time we talked about some places that those that, you know, are farmers are dealing in agriculture with you and I, of course, both are. Any favorite places that you would tell folks that maybe they want to travel if they just enjoy seeing farms and uh, seeing some of the countryside, whether it's here in this country or outside this country? I think you've had some good ideas of places that might fit uh, those needs. Sure, sure. Um, oh, golly, that list is so long. Um, I, I think we talked about last time Ireland is one of my favorites. You don't have the, the language barriers, but you can see you can see agriculture firsthand. You can get on get in on the uh, farmhouse bed and breakfast and stay actually with people and get to see the real culture there. Um, New Zealand is a place that's on my list. I really, really want to go there. I want to see the agriculture. And, and of course, there's a million other kinds of, of sites there. Um, Hawaii, pe believe it or not, uh, there are some large, huge ranches in Hawaii. I would love to go see them. Um, and I could go to Africa every year. Uh, that's culture shock and agriculture all combined. And we've had some great trips. 
Sure. Yeah, no, there's a lot of places to certainly explore. It sounds like some of those are still on your list to hit someday, but some of them you have. I know you've done the Ireland trip before, and that's one that you tell people all the time that they should do just because of the the farmhouse kind of tour that you get to do. Is that right? Yep. I would do it over and over again, and I recommend it every time I get a chance. Yeah. And, and very affordable, probably one of the most affordable trips uh, if you fly, just as an example, out of Chicago, I don't know if those are still here um, now. I haven't looked in the last month or so. But if you go off season, which would be in the fall, which a lot of people can do in, in agriculture wise, um, you can fly from Chicago to Ireland and do five days farmhouse bed and breakfast, rent a car, and you can do the whole thing for about $750. Insane. It's less, less than a trip to to. Uh, most places in the U.S. and you've got the whole works all in one package. Al, I always appreciate the time. I hope those listening maybe uh, picked up a tip or two from you and maybe a place or two they would like to uh, travel someday. You've certainly seen a lot of territory, and uh, so hopefully folks have gotten a few ideas in their mind. Always a pleasure to talk with you. Thank you so much, Andrew. I always enjoy hearing about where Al has traveled and the tips he has for seeing more while spending less. As you can tell, he has been plenty of places, but there's still much to see, including that trip to the Grand Canyon that he's embarrassed he's yet to take. That's all the time we have for this week's show. Remember, you can hear all of our shows at farmingthecountryside.com, on many local radio stations, or on your favorite podcast platform. And you can follow Farming the Countryside on Facebook as well. I appreciate you listening. I'm Andrew McCray. I'll catch you next time on Farming the Countryside. This edition of Farm in the Countryside has been brought to you by Pivot Bio Proven. Turn to a better nitrogen. Learn more at pivotbio.com.